Welcome to the podcast, Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. I'm your host, Tony Leprino, here with a new episode. You truly are a magic maker. And this episode is for every entrepreneur who wants to reach the next level of success in life and in business. And I'm joined today with a very special guest, Jenny Fenneg. And before we bring her into the show, I want to share a little bit of information about who she is and where she comes from. Jenny helps you remember who you truly are. You're a magic maker. She specializes in empowering creative women entrepreneurs to increase their confidence, impact, money, and time freedom by mixing modern with ancient practices. She spent the first decade of her career in the corporate space as a public relations executive and an event producer of elevating the visibility of message and biggest brands and taught leaders in the world. Jenny has shifted her focus to work with self-employed women, helping them package their magic to exponentially grow their businesses, income, and joy, and without burnout. She's proud to lead the most trailblazing online community and transformational coaches, consultants, creatives, wellness professionals, working with the energy and their intuition, the moon, the seasons, and their collective incredible women leaders. Jenny is the author of Get Gutsy, a podcast host. She's named the Silver Stevie Award winner for Coach of the Year. Some of her loves, being a woman who dares, a wife, homeschooling mom, a writer, fitness lover, and magic maker. She lives in the woods with her family in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. And I can't wait to learn more about Jenny and her story and where she comes from. So Jenny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tony. I know we're going to have a good time together. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to all of this stuff. You do some amazing things. And from what it sounds like is where you came from to where you are today. And that's really where I want to start is tell our listeners about where you were and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh gosh, where where did we all come from, right? It's interesting. Yeah. You know, That's we came a whole from topic in fungi. Okay, just as like a yeah. side topic, but I just watched this incredible movie. It's a shout out for this film called Fantastic Fungi. Never thought I'd be like, let's go watch a movie about fungi. But <laughs> my son, who's eleven, has to watch this film for his botany class, and. We watched it together. And did humans really come from fungi? Just FYI. Like the whole, Mm -hmm. I I was never really interested in science that much, like classic science growing up. But then I was watching it going, this is the most fascinating thing I've watched in a long time. So I had to just throw that in there. Um, Yeah, but I I grew up in Florida. I was this beach girl. Um, I I was always quite ambitious and loved school and projects and uh, being a leader and getting involved in things and, and being a part of kind of what was happening. And, you know, went to college at the University of Florida, never thought I'd start my career in New York City. But when you align yourself with people who are as driven as you are, interested in the things that you're interested in, and really do take pride in work, you know, and and like going for things, then you might find yourself in situations that you never thought you'd find yourself in. And so I had some friends who were a bit older than me who had come back from an internship in New York City, a summer internship, like, oh my gosh, Jenny, you have to do this. You have to do this. After junior year, you need to go to New York. You need to work at one of these PR agencies because I was a public relations major. And it's going to just change your life. It'll be this plum thing that you can put on your resume. You'll get all this experience. And I trusted them. And I applied and I got this great internship in New York City, spent the summer before my senior year living at Columbia University. They had housing for summer interns. And I was working on uh, the Kellogg account, you know, cereals and Pop-Tarts and (laughs) that kind of thing. And, um, you know, it was a fun, it was a fun career to start with. That was like my starter career. You know, some people have starter marriages. I had a starter career. I haven't had a starter marriage. So knock on some wood there. I'm about to celebrate 15 years uh, of marriage. Thank you. Uh, But that career kind of got me into the game. It got me around big clients, big budgets, big pressure, being able to perform and show up and, um, and do what I'm great at, which is to communicate. I'm a wonderful writer. 
and I can tell stories. And that's basically what you do as a public relations executive. You tell stories and you pitch these stories to a pretty tough outlet to crack, which are the media. And back then there wasn't any social media. So you couldn't like tell your story on your social media channel because it didn't exist. So we had to pitch, you know, newspapers and magazines and radio and TV. All right. So that was how I started my career. And then I realized soon into that, you know, this just doesn't feel quite right. I am working all the time. It is a very low paid (laughs) position. If I would have stayed there for my whole career, like, you know, the Luke, the financial rewards would have really come, but I just wasn't. How long were you in it? Four years. Four years. Well, it was four years of that, but then I had the internship on top of it and I did a lot of internships in college. So many years where I was dedicating myself to the craft of public relations, but then working in that field like as a full-time employee was four years. And I was there during 9-11, you know, working in New York City when that Mm -hmm. happened. And that really, anytime a big trauma happens, it gives you pause. You know, if this were to be my last day on earth, is this what I want to be doing with my time? Even if you like the people you're working with and the office that you're yeah. in is comfortable, like, but this work is not gratifying. This work I'm kind of slogging through. Absolutely. And we'll continue with your story, mm-hmm. but I want to stop on that, yeah. on that point because you said to yourself, is this what I'm truly meant to be? And this is this what I want my life and my days to be spent doing? Yep. Tell me more about that. Yeah. And so that was, that was like a... Um, just, you, you know how it is, you have the inner voice. You have that voice that tries to get your attention. And we're very good as humans with drowning out the voice with our aholisms, workaholism, alcoholism, shopaholism, sexaholism, you know, just go down the list, busyaholism, to just drown out the voice, the inner voice, the voice of truth, you know, your connection to a God of your own understanding, whatever that is for you. And you can run away from it for a certain period of time, but eventually it will get you, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yes. He has his job. And so I, I, I just started paying more attention to that and not being so freaked out because I realized it was not going to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. It was not. And I could try to have all of these techniques, these numbing techniques, these escapism yeah. techniques, but eventually I was going to need to surrender. What and was so, it like? Yeah. What was it like? No, what was it like to know? I mean, because there's so many, and I can only speak from my own experience uh-huh. is that, you know, you, you you have that inner voice and we all have it and we all have uh-huh. our own beliefs and wherever we're at in our life. But uh-huh. you said that it just didn't stop and uh-huh. it wasn't going to stop. But what was the signs? Tell me about the signs that were telling you, uh-huh. this is not good. This is not right. You need to move. You need, you uh-huh. need shift. Yeah. What was that like? Honestly, they started manifesting as panic attacks. Yeah. Our body will get our attention. Yeah. Okay. And so I had literally, I write about this in my book, which you mentioned, Get Gutsy. And I basically had this panic attack at work where, um, and I'll be real with you back then too, I was definitely partying pretty hard. You know, Mm -hmm. it was this whole work hard, play hard game. And I was really good at that. And I kind of prided myself on being sure. so good at this. I'm like, dude, Absolutely. I can rock it out at work and just watch me go, you know, at the club, at the bar, at the lounge. Like I am that person who can pull this off. And eventually you stop being able to pull that off. And it was, I was probably hungover coming down, you know, from one of my party nights and in my office being like, all right, I got to do all this work. And there was so much to do. And so much pressure. And I literally just started crying, just started crying at my desk. And I had my own office. It wasn't like I had my, it was an open floor plan. You know, I had an office, I could close the door and I started crying. And it was just this, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep running. That was the feeling I was running. I was running away from pain. I was running away from the truth of this isn't really what I'm here to do, but what am I supposed to do? Because this is the dream. You know, I'm working at this incredible company on big global clients and, you know, I'm good at this. Like, where does this leave me? What am I supposed to go find it? Why am I feeling this way? Yeah. And I just started crying and I reached out to a coworker of mine and I just, I confessed what was going on and she came right over 
And we shared something in common, which was the death of our sibling. Okay. And our, she had a brother die. I had a sister die when we were teenagers. And that is a huge trauma that most people don't know. Mm -hmm. They haven't experienced that themselves. And so a lot of it was, I was running from the death of my sister. And I was masking that with working all the time, partying, you know, all the things to avoid. Those are all like avoidance techniques. Mm -hmm. And so my friend, her name was Tracy. She just got me to remember things about my sister, Julie. Well, tell me what did you love most about her? And what did you love to do together? And it was like the last time someone had asked me that, I couldn't tell you when because most people are very afraid to talk about death and someone who died. They're just like, that is something they kind of stay away (laughs) from Mm. because they don't have the language. And so she opened me up to having those kinds of conversations. And I realized that I had never really grieved for my sister. She died over the, uh, like uh, on a Sunday and I was back at school on Monday, like Mm. the next day because I didn't want to quote fall behind, which is such a trap in your thinking. It's like what society tells you, like, watch out, you're falling behind. I'm like, there's not, it's not a thing. (laughs) Like it's just not, don't fall for that. It's such a trap. And so I said, you know what? Because it was right around the anniversary of Julie's passing. And my body, your body keeps score. Your body remembers trauma. Okay, we can process the trauma. And I've since learned all of this and I I practice it and I, I absolutely believe in it. And so I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to take a half day off of work later this week, which was very bold because I wasn't asking for this half day like a month in advance or three months. This was like unheard of. You know, it was big deal. And it was because I needed to honor my sister. Mm. And so I did that. And I remember distinctly that particular day, like I want to engage in some self-care. You know, that's one way that we can take really exquisite care of ourselves so we can do wonderful work in the world. We have to be nourished. And so I went to this, you know, nail place near my office. I had Mm. like a gift certificate. I was like, I'm going to get my nails done. Like I really never do this. And I go and I pick my color and I sit down. And the woman who sits down to do my nails has a nameplate on and the name on her chest says Julie. And that's my sister. And I basically was just like, oh my freaking God, like what? And from that point forward, it was just a willingness to listen to that intuition when it's time to take a break, when it's time to make a change, when it's time to have a hard conversation, that taking care of myself is the greatest, most... um, (laughs) kind of boldest thing you can do because society is super happy if you don't take care of yourself. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so this is a chance for all of us to reclaim this really powerful choice point we have, which is to put our own health and wellness first, no matter if some people don't understand that. Mm. And it's really been an incredible journey you know, that willingness to do all of that led me to eventually quit that job, go into yeah. a different career path as a conference producer, which I didn't even know was a thing. I was like, what is that? And so I worked with some of the biggest names in the world, thought leaders like Tony Robbins and Ken Blanchard and Tom Peters and Colin Powell and okay. Lance Armstrong, pre-doping scandal, you know, and, yeah. and lots of other business experts from, from corporate companies, lots of women too. Unfortunately, most of my keynotes at that point was mostly men to choose from. And so that's what we had. Um, But that really showed me, wow, how to create something out of thin air. I'd create these conferences out of thin air to to answer a problem in the marketplace, to provide a solution for a group of leaders who were hungry for content and connection. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it showed me how to make some money because I got a cut of the profits. And I never had experienced that before in my life. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This is fun. Yeah. And the same thing happened there. I just... um, you know, I felt like I got to the point where I learned everything I was meant to learn. And then towards the end, I was learning how I didn't want to do things, what kind of leader I didn't want to be. And over time, you're like, I'd rather be around people who I I aspire to kind of emulate them in some way. And so it's time for me to go. And that's when I really just, again, followed that impulse Start, I signed up for a yoga teacher training, which was like, what is that all about? But I loved <laughs> yoga. Right. And I just followed that. I wasn't like, oh my God, am I going to make all this money from teaching yoga? I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. But something about this is calling out to me. I'm not going to overanalyze it and run spreadsheets on like <laughs> financial right. opportunities of right. yoga teachers. I'm just like, you know, my current setup is not cutting it. And I cannot yeah. stay here that much longer. Like I'm at the end of the rope. Okay, I'm at the end of the line. How long was that? 
So you were four years in New York and then you went in 2000. Um, I stayed in New York for 11 years, 11 years in New York City. So it was four years in that first career, four years in the second career. Um, I did some freelance work um, after I left that corporate job because that's what happened. I quit that last corporate job. As I got towards the end of that yoga teacher training, I'd seen the light. I was like, Dude, there's no going really? back. That's the thing, you can't unrealize what you've realized. No, absolutely. If if you're willing, if you're willing to go there, if you're willing yeah. to accept and, and know the truth, the inner truth yes. that's telling you. And the only absolutely. way that you can do that is if you're willing to face the truth. Absolutely. It's like facing those facts. The facts yes. were this situation is not going to change. I'm not going to all of a sudden like my work more or like this environment that is very catabolic and like just not, no, 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 no. Um, okay, so I'm either going to surrender to that and be like, oh, well, whatever. Or I'm going to say there has to be another way. There has to be. This can't be. And I think the death of Julie just showed me, we don't know when our life is going to end. Do you right. know for sure you're going to live to 100? Do you know for sure you even have five more years in your life? No, you do not know that for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I am going to make a move. And so yoga just cracked me wide open. And that eventually led me to discover the field of coaching. Yeah. As soon as I found that, as I, I know you can identify with, I was just so overjoyed because that's what I've been doing my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you called it something I'm like, right. oh my God. This is what I'm best at. This is a career? Like people will pay me for this? Yeah. Great. Sign me up. And, um, you know, and then I just committed myself to learning as much as I could about business and online marketing and and really connecting with an audience and sharing my gifts and trusting that people want what I have. They want to be around my energy. And I got to do my part, make myself findable. I'm going to codify my systems. I'm going to put my, you know, my my magic in in books and podcasts and programs and courses and live retreats and you know all the things. Mm-hmm. So it's been a it's been an incredible ride. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I'd say, but I'm I'm super interested in the shifts, the major shifts that you've had in your life. Mm-hmm. So you went from four years inside of a corporate job and then another section inside of a corporate job. And these weren't just bagging groceries. Mm-hmm. Okay. These were big jobs, right? I'm assuming in New York City, you're making good money. You have a family. You've mm-hmm. got all these things. You've got life. Mm-hmm. And you followed that light that said, you need to move. You need to get out. And you made a shift. Mm-hmm. You made it sound so easy, but it's not easy. No, it was not. Tell me about that because to me... That is one area that we avoid 100% of the time is the dark side to being an entrepreneur, a business Mm -hmm. owner, life in general, is we are taught not to talk about the dark. And there had to have been a lot of dark times inside of there. And how do you overcome that? How did that tragedy take you into seeing the light and being able to move? Mm -hmm. Great question. Well, yeah, it was a very... I contemplated quitting that last job for years. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't, I got the idea one day and was like, great, I'm quitting tomorrow. Now, mm-hmm. this was a back and forth, you know, the mental gymnastics that you do with yourself, pros and cons list, this thing. And then I got a promotion. I was like, maybe that will make it better because I'm going to have like my job description is going to evolve. And I got more money coming at me now and la, la, la. But again, coming back to the voice. Mm-hmm the inner voice. And in my book, I guess I talk about the inner voice and the inner critic. And so the critic will tell you, you're you're being ridiculous. You you can't quit your job. You're making close to 200K a year. Are you nuts? You're never going to find something like this. You've got it. You know, you've got a pretty cush situation. Yeah, I know there's just a lot of stuff that's not working for you, but... Um, or uh, what are you going to do now? You don't even have another job lined up. Yeah. Don't be, don't be ridiculous. You know, and so the inner critic is coming from a place of, of fear. It's coming from a place of shame. It's coming from a place, it's really trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable. It's, we all have that in us, but for most people, they let the inner critic rule their lives yes, and the all their decision-making, exactly the ego. And then the big, bold move you can take is to really be more in alignment with that that intuitive voice, that wise, benevolent, loving voice that allows you to trust that something better. It's like that whole mindset of this or something better, this yeah. or something better. And so for me, it was the whole thing of, can I look myself in the mirror? 
Cause I, I was at that point where I couldn't do that anymore. Like I just like, what, who am I doing this for? Like, what, is there a prize waiting for me later? And for a lot of people, it's the money feels like the prize, but the money is not the prize at all. Yes, we all want a certain amount to live comfortably in the world, take care of our families, give to causes that we're crazy about, you know, help make the world better and more just. But if you're only doing something because of the money, it's such a hollow feeling. And so I just, I, I chose, that's it, you, from a place of choice. I chose to trust that there was something better and that I knew that I am freaking smart. I mm-hmm. am resourceful. I will figure it out. Yeah. I will figure it out. And and if I decide after X amount of time, like, you know what? I'll go get... And that's what I did. I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur. I, I, coaching was in its infancy. Facebook was in its infancy. I didn't quit going like, dude, I got my website set up. I already got some clients on the side. I literally was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm not doing this. And so I applied for jobs. I took on some freelance opportunities, which was great because that gave me some runway, which I already had some money saved. So that was my runway. But the freelance opportunities gave me some cash coming in the door that was relatively like easy cash, even though I needed to do the work that I didn't love doing, but I was good at. And then boom, I could build this business. But I, I found the thing because I was willing to make that really scary decision. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they're like, well, I'll make the scary decision once I find the thing. But it doesn't always work like that. It's like when you, you know, let's talk romance. Like so, sometimes you got to break up with the person mm-hmm. before you find the other person. You can't be like, well, I'm going to break up with them when I already have met my other person right. that I you know, know I want to be with. That's often not how it works. You have to show the universe, I trust you. Yeah. I trust you. I trust that this is a benevolent place and that I am a conduit for prosperity and money flows through me. Like, just loves me. Opportunities love me. But y'all look to see where you're blocked off from some of those opportunities because you're so, you know, let's use the word lockdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're filming this during the, <laughs> the pandemic. And so we've been right. told to quote lockdown, but that doesn't mean that energetically you need to be locked down or you need to be so, you know, like closed to other opportunities. All right? right. So that's like a huge takeaway for all of us right now is to keep yourself open. There's going to be things like, I'll tell you now, I had a, I won't go into the details on, but I had a really a, a new business opportunity that's come up recently. And it's, with a whole new audience um, on a topic that if you would have told me like five years ago, I'd be teaching on, I would probably like just laughed in your face. Mm-hmm. But now I'm teaching on it, which is homeschooling. Well, you know, I, as an entrepreneur, I can teach a lot about that. But for many, it's like the homeschooling while working from home. Yeah. And so I've been doing that for years. And right. it's funny because when it first happened, I was kind of like hiding it. Like, oh my, I don't want people to know I'm doing this because they won't take me seriously. And they'll think that I'm, I can't really do my work anymore because I'm, homeschooling my son. Now I have, I have three kids and we were homeschooling too until about a month ago. And now my daughter's been thrown into the bunch because her kindergarten is, you know, closed down like everybody else's schools. So yeah. And now that's the thing. It's like the thing often that we've kind of kept a secret. We're kind of like, Oh, I got to keep it. That's the thing. You're not cool. You're not the right thing. That's the magic. That's the magic. And so now it's like, Oh my gosh, look at this. Look at a whole new audience that's opening up. And so, you know, for those of you who are in the darkness now, just know that the darkness is part of life. Yeah. Um, this feels like a very dark time, but it's really a rebirthing. It's a rebirthing that's going on and it's, it's heavy, but there's also a lot of light and there's a lot of magic in this. And anytime I look back on some of those big decision points that I've made, there's no regrets. There are no, no regrets on those. Okay. So when you're really tuned in to that intuitive voice, that inner voice, and again, you've done your homework. You're not making rash decisions for you, like whatever. Like right. you're smart. Like that's just a given. You all are intelligent. If you're listening to the show, you're intelligent. You got to get to that point, especially as entrepreneurs, where you're willing to make decisions without 100% of the data. Yeah. <laughs> you know, without, because there's no, you can't get all the data. You can't have 100% of the facts. Right. You have enough. So how do you know the difference? How do you know the difference between that, the ego and the, and the inner critic versus mm-hmm. the good voice, the mm-hmm. one that's telling you the intuition? How do you know the difference? Because when you, I know just from my own example is mm-hmm. that you live so long inside of that ego and inside mm-hmm. of that, that trap of fear and scarcity mm-hmm. and darkness. And the ego just continues to 
just eat at you and just stay prevalent in everything that you do, mm-hmm. how do you know the difference? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, it's something I can feel. Okay. I feel it. And so I want everyone to get comfortable feeling things. And again, I'm just talking as a society, across the board, we're really bad at that. Okay. And I say that with love. I used to be really bad at that too. And that's why we have all the addictions and the numbing techniques because we don't need to feel things. And we're told, you don't want to feel this. Okay. You don't want to feel it. Let me give you this pill. You know, you, you, to women, you can't birth that baby on your own. Let me give you this other thing where you don't have to feel a thing, okay? And no, no judgment on choices that people make. And there's certainly conditions that warrant, you know, pain medication and pain techniques and things like that. But my point being is that that's the message we've been served up. You don't have to feel things. Like, why would you do that? But we don't want to bypass the pain is what transforms us and the willingness to feel certain feelings and know that the feeling isn't forever. The feeling mm-hmm. is temporary. And so to know like this feeling is going to pass through us. And so that's just a technique that I want everyone to play with, to trust that feeling your feelings is a very, very powerful act. Okay. Um, and then in this case, when you're, you've practiced feeling things, then your body is more in tune with being able to sift out what kind of feeling do I have Mm. around this? And so typically for me, the ego and the inner critic is a feeling of constriction where I'm locking down, Mm -hmm. where I'm like protecting myself, where I'm, I'm like, you know, shielding my heart, where by me listening to that piece or maybe following the guidance from that inner critic, it's me like avoiding shame, Mm -hmm. avoiding being embarrassed, avoiding being disappointed, okay? Uh, and really staying small, like kind of staying hidden, Yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas this other comfort. thing- Comfort, Yeah, 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 creature of habit. Like, you yeah. know what? Let's just not rock the boat. Let's not change anything. It's, it's, it's fine. It's not fine. Right. So you just want to live a life where you're like, it's fine. Really? Okay, because let's, let's look at span. Let's have like this, just this, beautiful range of feelings, beautiful range of emotions. And for me, when I know that something is aligned, well, number one, it tends not to leave me alone. (laughs) And it comes to me when I'm sleeping, it'll come to me in the shower. Like water therapy for me has huge Mm -hmm. um, information that comes down. And so as the water is coming down on me through the shower head, or if I'm laying in the bath, I'll just have information come in. It's like, boom. And I have this awesome shower door that fogs up when I take showers, it's glass, yep. you know? And so I'm like sketching things out. I'm like, oh my God, okay. okay. So like, and I know people have um, waterproof post-it notepads and yep. <laughs> they make those. I don't yep. have that because I have my shower door and mm-hmm. I get it all there and then I transfer it to a real piece of paper. I'll put it in my phone in the notes, the notes memo app. But I just find that it follows me. I'll be out in a run. I'll be on my Peloton and it just comes through. And so, you know, when it comes through, when I'm doing wonderful things for myself. Gotcha. And I'm taking care of myself. And so y'all take care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, let's stay right there because I preach this and preach this and preach this is that you in your business as a business owner, whether or not you're a man, a woman, whether mm-hmm. or not you're a husband or a father, you are the number one asset, period. Yep. It isn't your money. It's not your statements. It's not your buildings. It's not your apartments. It's not your anything that has to do with it because we're so taught that there's there's one balance sheet and it's things. Things are not assets. People are assets. And if you take care of yourself, and you've said this, if you take care of yourself, it will have a direct impact on the, your entire life from being a parent, being a business owner. Your profits will change. Your clients will change. Everything changes about you, but it starts with you. Yeah. Right? Has to protect the asset. I had one of my uh, my coaches, Jennifer Kim. We worked together a few years ago, and I, that was one of the biggest takeaways I, I I got from our working relationship. She would say to me, "Protect the asset, protect yeah, the asset, absolutely. and you are the asset. You are mm-hmm. the asset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and, and you know, and I think that's unfortunately a lot of the systems are set up to deplete you, and you're not protected. You're running around like a you know a wild man, a wild woman. And there's some sense of wild that's really powerful. And mm-hmm. I, I believe in that 
One of my favorite books is Women Who Run With the Wolves. It's so yeah. good. Um, and I just read The Call of the Wild by Jack London. I had never read that oh, book. Oh, really? Oh, my. It's so good. Oh, you haven't read that a, book? No, I haven't read that book. That's a good one. Read that. Um, read that. Read it with your kids. What was the name of it? The Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. By Jack yes, London. I mean, it's been out for forever. And they just oh, they, yeah, they yeah. did a film. Um, They've had uh, earlier film versions, but Harrison Ford has starred in the most recent one that just came out within the last few months. Yep. Yeah, but I have an 11, 9, and almost 6-year-old. And we I read the book with my two oldest, my boys. Yeah. We were able to see the film together. But that, you know, so I think it's a sense of like, we all want to be tapping into our, our wild. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's there's some powerful things around that, that it really is taking care of ourselves. But to look at how the... I think that's why I had the biggest issue with the corporate life. Mm-hmm. is because it stripped away my wild. And right. it made me wild in all the wrong ways. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. maybe wild right. and like... Let's mm-hmm. go out and get wasted to kind right. of like to to take off this stress, to take right. off the pressure because it stripped away my natural rhythms. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you have no choice in the matter. You will be in this office Monday through Friday from nine until whenever. Yeah. And that is that. And I, I remember being like, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> this is not, I don't yeah. like this. You yeah. Know, that's, that's, that's really awesome. You made some really good points. But there was there was something that I wanted to to hit on. Uh, tell me more about lining up. What's your thoughts on lining up the feelings with the facts? Because in my experience, what I have found is that the feelings that I'm having mm-hmm. are not necessarily lined up with the facts. Yes, yes, that's. That's a really, really powerful point. So a lot of this is looking at the story that you're telling yourself. Yes. Well, the story I'm telling myself about this situation, like maybe you're having feelings of this person left me out or this person doesn't doesn't you know care about our relationship or oh my gosh, this client, I thought they were going to sign on, but they haven't called me back or they didn't sign the contract yet. And so then we can go, we can default into some old patterns of abandonment People not doing what they say they were going to do. Oh no, financial worries, right? And so the the body is just trained to respond in a particular way based on your whole upbringing, um, certain traumas that you've experienced. And so when we really allow ourselves to become a witness to it, this is where my yoga um, really comes in handy, not only for what I practice myself, but what I help my clients do. Um, is to achieve mastery over the mind. That is the purpose of yoga. Just FYI, everybody, it's not to contort yourself into these fancy shapes. It's to... Oh, really? It's not just to be more flexible? Right. Experience (laughs) mastery over the mind and flexibility in your mind that yes, the situation might be happening that isn't pleasant, but can you find spaciousness within the experience so that you don't you know, get pulled under by this wave. And we're all experiencing this very turbulent environment right now. There's a lot of waves coming at us. And if we don't have tools, then we're going to get pulled under and we're going to start, you know, defaulting to some unhealthy habits. But to your point around experience and facts, if you're in that, yes, you may be experiencing some feelings of, again, kind of the shame spiral and um, just telling yourself, that's it, it's over. I was not cut out to be an entrepreneur. This business, like Mm -hmm. it's seen its last dollar. Okay, well, the story I'm telling myself right now is... X. How true is that? Mm-hmm. You know, how true is that? Do, and like, and if, and, and when this client doesn't come through, there's plenty of clients out there. There's always more money. And perhaps this is simply an indicator for you where you need to clean up um, some kind of pattern here. That's why it's so important to work with coaches, therapists, healers, guides, people can be sounding boards for you to be like, oh yeah, that's just part of doing business. You know, like that's, right. listen, business is such a freaking personal growth journey. If you have any issues that you think uh-huh. <laughs> you can just push over here, they're going to come back right. and you're going to want to look at those, but you don't have to, you know, poke under the hood or take your stick and kind of poke the bear by yourself. You can get support around. This is so important to, you know, with the coaches being in programs, being in masterminds, mm-hmm. the core that I work on with my clients who think they're hiring me for business stuff <laughs> is this. Yeah. Right. It just is. We all have this because we engage in, uh, I think so much of, of what I do and, and maybe what you do too, Tony, is to protect people from themselves. It's like from their own tendencies, those own habits. And so, you know, for those of you who, um, you know, your feelings are taking you down, 
you know, the train to, to crazy town or down the rabbit hole to really say, is this what I want to be doing with my time? Do I feel complete here? Mm. You know, is this, I'll tell you, one of the things I did, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, I had this experience in May, it'll be five years since I made this decision where I realized that alcohol didn't have a role in my life anymore. And again, it's like that whole thing of, I know where this takes me. Okay, so where you know where kind of that thought pattern might take you, you know where those actions might take you, you know where being in a relationship with this person and engaging in these patterns are going to take you because you've seen it how many times before? Hundreds, thousands. Mm -hmm. And so are you willing to be bold and courageous enough to be like, you know what? We're all set here. (laughs) I am complete. And that was me just about five years ago. When, you know, it had been years since I had abused alcohol, mm-hmm. but once I became a mother, I just didn't have room for that anymore. But it was still kind of there dancing around me going, do I want to have a drink tonight? If I do, how many? And it, da, da, da. and like, and my body had just shown me time and time and again, it was toxic because I'd feel crappy the next day. Right. Even if I had one glass of wine, I'd still feel crappy. I, didn't, I don't have time to feel crappy. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I know I, exactly what you mean. I, I don't have time and I my kids deserve more than that. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I do. Mm-hmm. And so it was that whole pattern of going, yes, well, maybe the feeling I have in that moment of, oh gosh, it'll make me feel more relaxed. And I've had all these wonderful times with the wine or with the margarita. Right. But you know what? The facts are, my body has shown me over and over again it's not cut out for that anymore. Yeah. Like that ship has sailed. And so that's all of us just really growing up and being and listening to that wise inner voice to say, you know, how can you be your highest and best self? Yeah. And you know, one of the best, the biggest questions that you, that you keep hitting on, and I've had this conversation with myself thousands and thousands of times, is this working? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Is this my calling? Is this what I'm here for? Mm-hmm. Is the time that I'm using this, that, that I'm spending all this time doing all this stuff that I hate, is it worth it? There's got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can remember, it's, I've, I have not been on this journey for very long. It has been, geez, cr- creeping up on maybe two and a half, three years mm-hmm. is when I hit my, my, I've had enough. I had was running two businesses at the time and just chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing and just going and going and going and sedating and sedating and sedating. And the stupidest thing in the world was I was trying to find the the guy to come pump the septic tank was coming on Friday. It was Thursday. I couldn't find the damn cover. And I've got a landmine out in my backyard. And every single shovel dig and hole that I dug, the just more furious and furious I got. And I find myself on Friday morning sitting there on a red cooler, leaned up against the back of my house with my head in my hands. And I'm just shaking and I'm screaming so loud inside of my head that Mm -hmm. nobody can hear me but me. And I said, Mm -hmm. there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And that was when I, that was the surrender and said, I I, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I just can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And since then, it's been continuing to challenge that to challenge those thoughts and to challenge the stories and to, and to mm-hmm. be aware of the feelings. And when you talk about when the feelings come up, we're taught not to, we're taught not to feel, especially in the, the, from men, mm. it's, it's not cool to feel, you know, you're Absolutely. not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to feel scared. You're not supposed to be ashamed and all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what, dudes? It mm-hmm. happens. And if you yeah. don't say it happens, you're lying to yourself. And Absolutely. can you face yourself in the mirror? Just like you said, you couldn't face yourself in the mirror. And when I was standing there and looking at myself in the mirror, mm-hmm. I didn't like who I was looking. I was a liar. I was mm-hmm. just nothing but a fake and a liar. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. So to your point is just number one is awareness. Just yeah. be aware of the feelings that are happening. And that's the first step. Mm-hmm. And then challenging your stories, like you said, you know, so just absolutely amazing. So many good things. Uh, about the inner voice and the inner critic and the difference between the two. So you, you hit on and we're going to shift a gear mm-hmm. and you talked about homeschooling mm-hmm. and, and being a homeschooler. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that is not status quo. You know, nah. it's not, that's not the cool thing. 
your kids are outcasts, you know, you're not, your family's an outcast, all those types of things. How do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. And how do you move forward? And now all of a sudden people are reaching out to you and saying, hey, wait a second, maybe this isn't a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about homeschooling for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. How do you get so much done? I mean, being an entrepreneur, I mean, you're not, you work, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not just do. hanging out doing, reading math lessons and no, and my husband either. There, right? You know, we both work. We both work from home, um, which is a blessing, and yeah. we have since the beginning. And and I have to give a shout out to my husband Stephen because he was the one who planted the seed in me that I could be, I could do my own thing, and I could have this different kind of a life. Because I was this corporate girl, and I met him, and he was an attorney before I met him, yeah. and then was a sports television producer when I met him. I'm like, wait, that's very different. <laughs> like, yeah, how did those you don't... do that? <laughs> Like, did you have to get permission? Because you went to law school and then you were a lawyer and then you went to sports television. Like, what is that? <laughs> and so he was very much like, you're a social security number at that company. I'm like, no, no, I'm keeping the whole thing together. Like without me, the whole... he goes, no, you know, you know, if they're a real company, they'll be able to survive without you. And you need to think about what you want. And it was just such a message to me that I needed to hear because I, I can have a tendency to be overly loyal. You know, mm-hmm. like I can't leave. Everyone is depending as I am very reliable. I actually mm-hmm. was voted most reliable in, in high school. So I take that that badge like very, it's almost too seriously to my yeah. own detriment. So yeah, he and I both work from home. And when this all went down, it was one of those things that I'm like, no, this can't be happening. This isn't, no, 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 no. But my son, I'm so grateful for all of my children. Um, he was very clear that it very much would be happening. <laughs> there is no other way around it. So over the last few years, that happened when he was one month into second grade. He's now you know, almost finished with fifth grade. So it's been a few years now. And my middle son joined the party the next year when he was going into first. And then my daughter, we were planning to have her start in the fall when she finished up with this beautiful early childhood program that they all went to. We, we come from a Waldorf um, background, which may be popular where you are in Maine, Tony. There's Waldorfs all over the world, but yeah. very much like nature-based creativity. It's not like hardcore academics where they're like learning letters when they're six months old or on computers. Like it's, it's not like that at all. It's very much about honoring the individual spirit of each child, which I loved about it. And so we have um, incorporated a lot of that into our homeschooling techniques. But what we really, let's be real, we we have support. Um, Before all this went on, we had tutors coming in and working with our children, you know, a few days a week, certain certain lessons, certain Mm -hmm. classes, we would do that. Now we've shifted to online lessons. Um, My husband and I basically split our days. And so that's our technique. Um, Most quote, classic homeschooling, like let's just be real, the mother takes the lead and the father is doing his work wherever he's doing his work. And that's how it works. But we've, we're not traditional in in my family. And I've been, I was very clear with my husband from the get-go, which freaked a lot of guys out before I met my husband that I love to work and I have a calling and I'm going to, I'm going to fulfill this mission. And so we're going to create a dynamic where I can do my work, he can do his work and we will, we will basically split our days. And so essentially we kind of, we do that. So like I'll be with the kids on certain days on in the morning until like lunchtime and then we flip flop. And so we kind of just oversee what's going on with the kids when we're responsible for being with the kids. They'll be engaged in different projects, like making sure their assignments are done. They play a lot together. And, you know, that's a message that I want to share because everyone now is kind of, found themselves in this homeschooling world, Mm -hmm. which some people, honestly, yours is more distance learning, okay, where your schools are being like, here's the assignments and they need to show up for the classes at this time. So that's really not classic homeschooling. Um, But you're getting a flavor of what it's like to have your kids, quote, learning at home. And so the big message is you're not trying to replicate school at home because we would all fail. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to replicate school at home. What we're doing is basking and being together. Yes. And taking away that message, it's like, we're going to have your kids out of your house five days a week and you're going to be wherever you are and you guys will hang out at night and on weekends. And that's going to be enough for you because that's how it is. And once I, again, just was thrown this curveball a few years ago and was for the first few months being like, why is this happening to me? This is the worst. I can't believe this. I am not cut out for this. I, What the... Mm. Okay. And now I'm in it going, what a gift. What a great gift where you can spend this time together where they can engage in things that they love 
And you all can do this stuff together. Yesterday, the Fantastic Fungi movie, we watched that together as a family. And then I'll ask, okay, Sean, what were some of your takeaways? And it's so cool to learn what he sees. You know what I mean? Because we all see it through a different lens, right? Exactly. And gosh, I took away so much that I shared it with my clients. I had a call earlier today. I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, you're learning together and you're experiencing the world together. And outside of pandemic times, you're going to classes at the library, you're going to museums, you're doing all these things. So for me, it just fuels my work and it makes me a better steward of my time and a better steward of my energy because I don't have from nine to six to kind of you know, do, do this. Like I've got to look at what is, where do I get the biggest bang for my energetic buck? Yeah. I'm going to be spending time on something. Is this really the best use of my time? Because that's me taking time away from my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and what they might be needing. And so, you know, across the board for anybody, whether you're homeschooling or not, I mean, that's the question you ask yourself, you know, what is this investment of time and energy? What's the return on this? Some stuff, it doesn't net money. That's okay. Not everything we do needs to net money, mm-hmm. right? Just make, make you feel really good and that it's good stuff that lasts forever. You don't feel like crap the next day, right? right? You're feeling good for an extended period of time. It fuels your mission. You're giving to a cause that you're really passionate about. But other times, you really do need to look at as an entrepreneur, is this moving the needle in the business? And if not, can, what can we change about it? Can I outsource it? Do we need to stop doing it? Do we need to pause doing it? These are the questions you ask. And uh, homeschooling, by way of throwing me into the fire, had me really just have to look at this with an eagle eye. Mm-hmm. And so for everybody who's here now, um, I think we touched on it. Don't worry that your kids are, quote, falling behind. It's the same as you. There's an, it's not a thing. It is what the system tells you. Okay? Mm-hmm. And what we've all seen right now, the system's just broke. Yeah. Okay. And so take that control back for yourself. And I think entrepreneurs are naturally good at this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think most entrepreneurs absolutely are cut out for homeschooling because we are the ones who've basically disrupted the system. And we've said, yeah, I don't, I don't dive with that system. Right. And so, you know, one of the greatest things I want to pass on to my kids is how to create something out of nothing and how to create value in the world and mm-hmm. how to make your own freaking schedule and decide what problems you're going to solve and then to get somebody to pay you for pro- solving those problems. Yeah, let's let's stay right there because that's um you know, that's a big that's a real big thing and not following the system and not following the the traditional typical ways of the the quote unquote American dream, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you go to you finish high school, you go to college, get out of college, you have your magic job in corporate making six figures, you buy a house, you buy a couple of cars, have get married, have a couple of kids, buried in debt. And all of a sudden you get in your 30s, you get in your 40s and you realize this sucks. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Everything's crashing down in front of you. So teaching somebody to build something from nothing and having the courage and the confidence to go and do that how I mean, just even even in being a homeschooler that's completely against the grain, how can an entrepreneur feel more confident in taking the stand with their work? Mm-hmm. And why is this so important? Because even if if you know like, if you got this burning desire inside of you, you know you have this message, you know it's right, you know it's something that will change lives forever, but it's against the grain. Mm-hmm. How do you fight that? How do you, how do you build it? Take the next right step. Just take that next right step because the alternative is what if you don't? Can you live with that? All right? Because you don't have to follow every idea that comes to you because that would be a, a bit much. But you can ask yourself well, how will you feel if you don't do this? If you saw someone else doing this, you're, you're like, that's my idea. Yeah. Oh my God, like those were the words that came through. If you read the book, Big Magic by Liz Gilbert, she talks about that. The ideas knock on your door and they picked you because you seem like a very viable candidate to make this idea real. Ideas need humans to become real mm-hmm. or perhaps viruses. You know, we're seeing that as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they need some kind of living organism to become real. And when it comes to like something tangible, like a business or a book or some program of idea of yours, a movement and needs a human, a worthy human. And so the idea has knocked on your door because you seem like, you know what? 
I think he or she can do this. I think they could pull this off. And so you can just ask yourself, well, if I didn't do this and I saw somebody else doing this or saying this, how would I feel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you're always going to have critics. There'll be the people who say that this was stupid and your voice sucks and your writing is like horrible. And that just comes with the territory. So don't not do something because you're afraid people won't like it. They absolutely won't like it. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to this world. Okay. Right. But we're focused on the people who do like it. Not only do they like it, they love it and they thank you for it. And you've changed their life. And this was the lifeline that they were looking for. And they're going to go tell their people about it. And they're going to sign up for another round of it. And those are your people. Like mm-hmm. those are your people. Uh, what I have found in my own journey is I tend to create things that I wish would have existed <laughs> a few steps down the line. Okay. And I realized, gosh, that would have been really helpful to me when I was feeling a bit lost and lonely and like unsure about how this could all work. And so I've just created the thing that I wished existed then. And gosh, I'm super pumped at, to facilitate and lead now because I know how much this will help somebody. And so I think the other piece of the puzzle is that you need to be obsessed with it, mm-hmm. you know, in a healthy way, a healthy obsession. I just was writing about this because I create a lot of content in my business. I'm a prolific content creator, writing especially videos, audios, the whole thing. And if I'm not obsessed with the material, like I just think this is so juicy and I need you to know this. This is what I call the kind of I need you to know speech. Like imagine you were at the top of a mountain and all your people have followed you up this mountain because they want to go on this journey with you and they get to the top of the mountain and and you have a few minutes to share with them the stuff that if you were no longer around to share, you need them to know. Okay. And so like that's that's the stuff. That's the stuff. It's the Mm -hmm. message that won't leave you alone. And you've got to simply be willing to take that next right step and know that it's not all going to be exciting. You're not going to like every freaking mm-hmm. piece of the... And I think that's what deludes some people is like, well, this part was kind of whatever. It's like, I do stuff in my business that's like, this isn't my most favorite right. step. You can learn how to outsource and you can have team to support you, but there's definitely elements that of business that aren't sexy or glamorous or that enjoyable. But... When you can come back to that, that mission, what do you feel is your grand assignment? What do you feel is that purpose? And can you take that next right step, even though you have no freaking clue where this is going to fully take you? <laughs> right. We right. don't know. Right. Like that's the great mystery of it all. Right. And that you're smart enough and you're resourceful enough and you're savvy enough to figure it out as you go. Yeah. Like, that's just what it is to be human and certainly to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, and that that taking a stand brand, right? Mm-hmm. Stand for something. You can't be vanilla right now, you know, and be willing to be edgy, be willing to piss people off, be willing to have people go, did you see what he said? Did you see what she said? Otherwise, you just get lost. There, We right. have so many messages coming at us these days. I yeah. mean, everyone has a freaking... Everyone's the media. Yeah, that's a good so point. We've got a gazillion things coming at. And How so do you break it, the noise? Break you, the noise. You, it, honestly, it's to follow that voice in your head, mm-hmm. the inner voice, the inner yeah. voice. And, and it's like people need details. They need, um, you know, that nugget that may, oh, someone didn't say it. That's so interesting. And, and you know, what? I would recommend that people um, notice what their people pick up on. You know, I do a lot of live streams. And so people will comment, you know, in the comments and they'll, they'll take something I said and, and like type it because it really resonated with them. And then I go, that has legs, you know, yeah. that has heat. And so that might be something I include in copy. That might be the name of a, a program or the name of a module or maybe even the name of a book. I mean, that's it. When you're, when you're in this line of work, you, you do need to be a master of words yeah. and a master of energy because the words capture people's attention. Right. Okay. So just take note of those things. It's fun. I think yeah, it's absolutely. a giant science experiment. <laughs> It is. It, it, everything is an experiment. I mean, uh-huh. that's regardless of what you, what you put for content, you know, the wordings, the, I mean, everything is a game, right? And that's yeah. that's one of the exciting things about being an entrepreneur is that, you know, it's a game. I mean, it's yeah. a serious game, but you're always, you're always testing things. Tell me about problems. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. And you say that you 
solve problems. And that's the biggest thing. At the end of the day, that's all, as an entrepreneur, any business owner, that's all you're doing is you're solving a specific problem for somebody. Yep. And finding that that niche. And that's hard. That can be hard for us, for entrepreneurs is to say, you know, what is the problem? What are the problems that people are having? What are the biggest things? What do they want? Mm-hmm. How did you find that? Often I ask them. Yeah, Other times so I simple. <laughs> It seems so simple. Just ask somebody, uh, hey, what's your problem? What's your biggest yeah. problem right now? What's and your problem? Can yeah. I solve that? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, in that last corporate job, I, I'm so grateful for it um, because I literally would conduct research with people and I'd cold call them or I'd schedule time to talk to them. And I'd ask them, what's your biggest challenge? What's keeping you up at night? I mean, those two are classic questions that you mm-hmm. all can just take and use. And so uh, I still use that today, sometimes very overtly like that. Other times more covertly where I'm just watching what's going on or what someone might be sharing. So, you know, today I had a, a group call with clients and, you know, they get a certain amount of time to come on and share. And I'm noticing, well, what are they talking about? Gosh, mm-hmm. I see a trend here across the board. Time structuring their days, especially now when everyone's everyone's schedule got canceled. Right. <laughs> They're like, ah, right. how, when do I get on my pajamas? And so, you know, you're just kind of looking and that's another piece. You're looking for trends and themes, uh-huh. trends and themes. So you become an expert trend spotter. And I see a theme here and it's a, for a particular audience. And so you've identified the audience and then you speak to that thing. And then you, and this, it can be helpful again to have the support of a coach or some sort of guide around this to then create an offering, an elegant yet simple solution to some, for someone to solve that problem. And so it might be, um, you know, some one-on-one work with you. It could be a course. It could be, hey, this is going to become like my book, which then will lead people to work with me in a deeper way. So yeah, it's really just asking people and observing and then also to feel it yourself. And again, if you're working with an audience that is kind of you a few steps behind you, you know, then you can remember what it was for you. Right. Because and it's important not to be like, well, I don't have that issue now. Well, it was because they're, they're a few steps behind you, right. Mm-hmm. right? And so it's not so much what you're dealing with now, but what, what you used to deal with before you figured stuff out. Um, or maybe you really didn't have that issue so much because you have this great gift. Like mm-hmm. you've really always been awesome at that. But gosh, and the people are drawn to you because they sense that in you and they are not strong in that area. And so right. you are. Um, and I will say to y'all, uh, be clear how you can help people. Don't, don't beat around the bush or on your genius. I'm incredible at this. I've created a methodology around this. I have a five-step system around this. Um, the next, tell us more about that. Yeah, it's like that. Like that but that, my point is like, be clear on how you can help people and that you are an expert in this area. Mm-hmm. This isn't the time to be, you know, bashful or be like, yeah, I think they can, they, they probably know that about me. You're like, no, you, you want to be very clear and upfront with people. I am, this is my thing. I've dedicated my life to this. I dedicate my career to this. You know, all of our, our clients are, um, this is how we serve them. And then, and then you guide someone into a next step. Right. So for entrepreneurs, it's just being clear on what is the next step? What's the call to action? So we make it easy for people to buy. Mm-hmm. to be helped by us. Right. Mm-hmm. Why do they come to you? My people? Yeah. Let's, yeah my your, people? Your specific people. Yeah, you my you specifically people, work with women? Yes, I do. I've identified... You know, that was my... I worked with, with men um, and I lo- I'm married to a man. I have two sons. It's not that I don't like men. Um, I do. I just have found like... And one of my kind of things that I say is when women gather, magic happens. And I'm sure that can happen too for men. It's more just, you know, conscious gatherings. And I just found that I loved bringing women together. When we kind of stripped away kind of men being in the room, there was a level of comfort and safety and honesty that would occur when they weren't trying to kind of look a particular way or act apart. There was this... Um, this this kind of like melting into who they are. And that was very powerful for me as a leader to witness and and lead a transformative experience through that energy. And I found like that just lit me up in, in such wonderful ways. And so what I offer to, you know, to my people is the opportunity to use the gifts that they were given. 
I mean, that's just really it. I believe that we all were given these gifts and we sometimes get them conditioned out of us or we think that they're no big deal because they come so naturally to us. But no, I help people, my people, my women, my creative women entrepreneurs, mostly coaches, therapists, healers, wellness professionals, consultants, those people who tend to have these like service-based skills, like we are the helpers. (laughs) We're like, we rush in. I can help you with that. Okay. How to use those gifts how to get paid for those gifts so that you can work where you want, when you want, and with whom you want. Because that's really the opportunity that we all have right now. Right. Just do. And this, this, this thing that we're in right now has shown us that, I mean, we really are responsible for ourselves. We're in this interdependent um, collective. And, and so our actions absolutely have impacts on everyone. But can't depend on these external forces to take save care of you. you. Yeah, no, he's going to save you. No, and the that's really the core. Of, save that's you. the core of entrepreneurship, and right. honestly, that's also the core of homeschooling. Is like you write, kind of write your own ticket. Yeah. You write your own ticket, and you have the faith that you can write your own ticket. So, a big piece of my work too is teaching them around you know systems, the time and energy mastery, and giving them the space to create what's inside of them. So to create online programs, like I'm all about that. And so it's really to understand the, the, this online business world that's available to them. Yep. They don't need to worry if like, you know, things get shut down again and they can't quote, see their clients in a physical room anymore. No big deal. You can just transfer these gifts and these skills into a different form, into a different form. And that's, that's what we're all doing right now. Some of us yeah. have already been doing so this change hasn't been that big of a deal yeah. other than we're working with clients who might be freaking out or might have had like major shifts going on. So that's what I do. That's awesome. Do you hit on these points inside your book? Y- yes, yes, I do. And I, to your point, I got a, I got a new book that's, that's been long overdue, yeah. <laughs> Tony. Yes, yes. And so I feel like this this space right now, I'm like, all right, let's go. It's time. Um, but yeah, Get Gutsy was really the the spirit of that book was especially for those people who feel a bit lost, who feel a bit like I'm not doing what I'm meant to be doing. Like, what what, what am you I supposed to be? Hear that? Uh, there's yes, got to be a better way. Exactly. It's like how to extricate yourself from like I'm not where I'm supposed to be into I'm on the path. Like I'm on that path. And so the next book for me is really more of these business concepts that need to come forth as I've been just practicing these things for all these years. So yeah, a lot of that stuff I talk about, like, you know, my podcast I had been producing for over four years, that has really come to an end. So I got another one that'll come through. Uh, I believe in giving yourself space to kind of complete something and then decide what you want to start again. But that's really where my online programs and courses, like that's, I'm a teacher. I mean, really, I'm a teacher. The teacher flows through you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm great at creating content curriculum. Like, oh my God. So good. That's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. And we, you know, we have covered, I could go hours with you. I mean, (laughs) hours and hours of covering things. And we've taken a lot of your time. Tell the listeners, there's two things that I want to have end on this is Mm -hmm. for your women entrepreneurs out there who are listening, Mm -hmm. what are three things that they can do today? to move themselves and move the needle and and to help themselves as the number one asset inside of their lives and their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, remember that they are magic in a body. They are magic in a body. Start or rekindle a relationship with the moon. Okay. And men can do this too. This isn't just for women, but women, especially we are, we are the moon. Um, you know, women, we're on, we cycle, women cycle and we're on the same cycle as the moon. 28, 29 and a half days, like that's freaking epic. Okay. And once I really aligned with that, um, the feminine energy of the moon and understanding that like my energy around a full moon is different than my energy around a new moon. I realized that the system that I was forced into was not designed for me. It wasn't built for me. And so as women, you want to really develop a strong relationship with the moon. And I have this baked into the way I teach and the way my programs are designed. And so that right there will change your freaking life. Okay. That right there. So remember you're magical and really develop a relationship with the moon. The other is to become a master of time, a master of time. And that that's about you saying no to things. That's about you saying yes to the things that are aligned. 
And then really looking at how you can batch your tasks, chunk your time so that you have so much more of it than you felt like you ever could. Mm-hmm. That right there is a superpower. And I want more people, I want everyone to get that. Like yeah. that right begin. The old way doesn't set you up like that because you have to be chained to your desk for yeah. all this time because that is the rule. And it doesn't need to be like that because then we have more time for our family. We have more time to take care of ourselves and exercise and be out in nature. And that's really how we are designed as humans. Yes. We aren't designed to go sit inside an office at a computer, <laughs> looking at a screen that glows in your face. Zombies. Just zombies. It's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> so become a, a master of your time and use this current situation you're in to like really examine your relationship to time. And then the final piece I would say to you is trust that you can be an easy open conduit for prosperity, an easy open conduit for prosperity. And that's for, you know, the men and the women out there. Um, I know we're living in a time where things feel contracted and there are a lot of, you know, financial concerns and that's scary. And I'm not going to diminish that. Yet, there's always money. There's always more money. Abundance is everywhere. The universe is an abundant place. When I look around my land, all I see is abundance, just with the trees and the sun that's streaming in right now and this beautiful blue sky. And I am going to be an easy, open conduit for prosperity of all forms. And that is my hope for you all as well. Make it easy for people to pay you. (laughs) Make it easy for people to do business with you. And make it easy for juicy opportunities to come forth. Awesome. So many, so many huge points. So many huge points. How do they find you? How do we find you? Where can we get your book? Yeah. When can we expect the new one? Yeah. yeah, hold me accountable you. for that, Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Amazon for my book at Gutsy, you can find it there. It's a great read. Uh, my main home base is jennyfennig.com. That's my website. Everybody, you know, man or woman, you want to grab this reclaim your time template, that would be a good next step. It's a free resource. You go to jennyfennig.com slash schedule. I go deeper into some of these techniques that I use and I've taught clients to use around really mastering that that calendar of yours and understanding that we all, I mean, no matter who you are in this world, we're given 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, here you go. You They're woke up today. One. Here's yep. your fresh, here's your new batch of time, yep. your minutes and your hours. And so that that template will will help you better use that time and energy so that you can make that impact in this world that you want without the burnout. Awesome. I'll make sure that everything is posted inside the show notes on how they can get a hold of you. Really appreciate your time that you spent with me because like you said, time time is everything and you were willing to talk to the listeners and I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on. It's great talking to you. My pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. Are you an independent business owner or real estate professional who's ever felt like you're out on this island alone, going through this journey of life and business, and there's nobody else around you experiencing the same challenges and problems that you face every single day? Have you ever felt like you just needed somebody to talk to, somebody who got it? somebody who has experienced the same challenges that you face, somebody who could bring some perspective into your world, or maybe you're tired of trying to figure this game of life out alone and you want to talk to somebody about your specific challenges and how to break free of the chaos. I want to introduce to you high performance coaching for independent business owners and real estate professionals who want to unlock their life's purpose and passion, access the power across all areas of life, including their health and their wellness, mindset and belief, relationships and family and gain control of their money so that you can create a life of prosperity and abundance and ultimately reach financial freedom. Head over to the show notes to learn more about high performance coaching. Stay tuned for next week's episode and thanks again for joining me.